There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Boll & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Boll & Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bollandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 34 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Please listen to Season 5, Episode 33 for more details on this two-part case. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. final days of spring 2017, the police and paramedics were called to an address in Manchester city centre. At the scene they found a male in his mid-thirties incapacitated, left bloody and bruised following an altercation with another man who was barely into adulthood. Peter, then 18, alleged that he had been drugged and awoke as he was being raped. Quickly coming to his senses, he retaliated and felt he was left with no choice but to physically defend himself. Officers were unsure of what to believe. As the other male in the altercation was left hospitalised with a suspected bleed on the brain, Peter was arrested on suspicion of grievous bodily harm. 
Initially, no physical examinations were carried out to verify if Peter's story were true. He was treated as a suspect. It was not until several mobile phones retrieved from the flat were analysed that the police uncovered the horrific truth as to what had happened. The footage recovered pictured not only the attack on Peter, but hundreds of other men. The charge against Peter was dropped. When he had recovered from his injuries, the man in his mid-thirties was arrested before being brought before the courts in an unprecedented prosecution. In total, Reynard Sanaga was convicted of 159 sexual offences against 48 men. However, based on work done by the Greater Manchester Police, it was then understood the total number of victims counted almost 200. So who was Reynard Sanaga? The man labelled the most prolific rapist in British criminal history. What Sanaga would do is in the city centre is befriend young men, strike up a conversation. He'd offer them a place to contact friends before guiding them home. And once he got them into his flat, um, what he would do is then give them some drinks. We believe they were, their drinks contained some form of drug. They all reported waking up with little or no memory of what happened. Most of Sanaga's victims were white, heterosexual men. The average age, just 21. Many of them were unaware of what actually happened to them on the nights in question uh, and only when the police had identified them from the video recordings, um, traced them um, and then uh, the police would knock on their door and break the horrendous news to them. He even kept trophies of some of his victims like phones and wallets and pictures of their Facebook profiles. Sanaga has derived pleasure I think from um, just making them tell their stories to the court um, and uh, some of the video footage has had to be played as well to, to the juries that have heard these cases. His victims have said they hope he never leaves prison and rots in hell. Reynard Sanaga had been living in the United Kingdom since 2007. The PhD student's social media accounts were full of pictures he had taken as he visited the different tourist spots throughout England. Other photos pictured him out socialising. Sanaga's profile on Twitter read, I could be brown, I could be blue, I could be violet sky. I could be hurtful, I could be purple, I could be anything you like. The words are the lyrics from the song Grace Kelly by Mika. Sanaga did not stick out in a crowd, and to everyone who met him they could never have conceived what he was capable of. At the time, the police or even his friends had no way of knowing who Reynard Sanaga really was. Not even an inkling. He appeared every bit the God-fearing citizen 
attending St. Chrysostom's, a Catholic church in Victoria Park, Manchester. Born in February 1983, Sonaga was the eldest of four children. He was raised by deeply religious parents who lived in the predominantly cosmopolitan area of Jakarta in Indonesia. The family were wealthy, with their large home located in the upmarket Depok suburbs. He should have wanted for nothing, at least from a materialistic standpoint, as the family had an incredible amount of money. They managed a plantation and refinery that processed palm oil. His father had financial interests in banking and property development. Sanaga's parents had a desire to raise their children in a modest environment choosing to shun private schools in favour of public education. As he grew, Sanaga attended church every Sunday and diligently learned the piano. He often performed at his mother's behest, something he would have preferred to shy away from if he had his own way. He positioned himself as an academic, with little desire to go out and play with friends, finding solace in the pages of a book. He studied architecture at the University of Indonesia, before deciding to travel abroad to see the world and attend college in America. However then, the fun-loving student lifestyle was not something he enjoyed. He told his family he wanted to focus on learning. Sanaga returned home with his tail between his legs. He still had a hunger to see the world. In his early twenties, he settled on Manchester as the place he would travel to next. In an interview with the Sunday Times, Sanaga's mother described how her son felt about the place he called home for the last decade before his arrest. Normawati Sanaga remarked, He instantly fell in love with the UK. He said the atmosphere was so different from America. Students study and do their academic work, he told me. He thought the people were much more polite in Manchester than America. Reynard Sanaga had designs to be a lecturer. Despite his mother's desire that he move back to Indonesia, He preferred the UK. If he briefly returned home, he would always cut his hair and never spoke of his life in Manchester. Sonaga would text a small, close-knit group of friends about how much he could not wait to return. To them, he rarely if ever mentioned his family. As a gay man, he wanted to escape the conservative regime of his home country and felt he could live openly. He never told his parents. His mother and father supported him financially, paying for both his student fees and his flat. Although on several occasions they threatened to withdraw funding for his overseas studies as they wanted him to be with his family, he was dead set on staying. Sanaga had at first undertaken a master's degree in planning which he completed, then went on to study psychology. He successfully applied for a PhD at Leeds University on human geography, 
commuting when he needed to from Manchester. His thesis focused on sexuality in everyday transnationalism among South Asian gay and bisexual men in Manchester. Sanaga failed, but was offered the opportunity to submit corrections. He was, however, unable to do so, as he was in the custody of the police at the time. Sanaga occasionally worked as a barman in Manchester, although his full employment history is still unconfirmed. He has claimed that he worked in the hospitality sector, although when contacted, those organisations have denied he ever worked there. Sanaga never presented a violent side to his friends and family and saw himself as an intellectual who lived life to the full. Although softly spoken with a voice that reportedly resembled Michael Jackson's, Sanaga was not reserved. He was often seen out in Manchester's clubs. His flat was located on the outskirts of the gay village, ten minutes walk from the main campus of Manchester University and only a few minutes from the G.A.Y. nightclub. While he did have friends, Sanaga never invited them back to his flat, telling them it was too messy. In one exchange Sanaga had with a close friend, they joked about the number of men he had slept with and how Sanaga probably had the dead bodies of his lovers under his bed. Sanaga responded, Aha, actually discreet straight boys' sanctuary. They are hiding in my closet. He boasted to his friends that he could turn straight men gay. He made no mention of how he drugged men before raping them. In one text message sent to a friend, Sanaga wrote, I've had my first sex in 2015. He was straight in 2014. 2015 is his breakthrough to the gay world. Ha ha. Well, he was straight until we woke up naked. Sanaga slept in the larger of the two bedrooms in his flat. From his window, he could see the queues of people either waiting to get into a club or having been thrown out of one for being too inebriated. CCTV from Montana House, where he lived, was later released. He's pictured running out of the front door shortly before he coerced one of his victims to come back to his flat. Friends only saw the inside of the open-plan property where Sanaga lived via the photos he would send them. I usually pictured men who appeared to be asleep. Sanaga referred to himself as Posh Spice after his love of Victoria Beckham and the Spice Girls. Friends remember him being incredibly vain. He never took drugs, only drank alcohol. Neatly dressed, highlights in his hair wearing thick rimmed glasses with an almost perpetual smile on his face, the mature student was boastful and frequently spoke of his sex life. 
He used the dating apps Grinder and Hornet often. He was never in a relationship for very long. His friends would later recall that on one occasion he threatened to drink bleach when a boyfriend broke up with him. The Guardian newspaper managed to track down one of his former partners, who was shocked by the revelation of Sanaga's crimes. Sanaga did not appear to be the same man his ex-partner knew. He gave off the air of someone kind. At no point in their relationship did Sanaga ever mention sexual roleplay or ask them to pretend they were dead. The defence Sanaga leaned on heavily in the trials. Some acquaintances even believed that Sanaga was a sex worker, and that's how he had funded his stay in the UK, unaware he was being sent money from his family. There was a brief period in 2012 where Sanaga was almost deported. However, the matter was quickly resolved. He was allowed to stay as his studies gave him cause to remain. He had also completed some paperwork to apply for refugee status, although it is unknown if this was ever submitted. Shortly after Sanaga's final trial concluded and his sentence was handed down, a correspondent with BBC Indonesia spoke with his father, Saiban Sanaga. In a brief statement, as the family had been inundated with requests for comment, Saiban said, We accept the verdict. His punishment fits his crimes. I don't want to discuss the case any further. In an earlier interview, Sanaga's mother said, We are a good Christian family who do not believe in homosexuality. He is my baby. The crimes committed by Reynard Sanaga are without precedent. Both officers who worked the case and prosecutors from the CPS were interviewed after the trial. SIO Detective Inspector Z.R. Lee said of Sanaga, He is a one-off. I've never known anything like this. I believe he's a psychopath to the point that he's convinced himself that what he's doing is not wrong and he's lived this double life for years. Had he not been a narcissist and a psychopath, anybody else faced with such damning evidence would have admitted to what they've done. Ian Rushton, Deputy Chief Crown Prosecutor for the North West, also voiced his opinion that the crimes were off the scale. Absolute monstrous individual, calculating, uh, deliberate. The world needs to know just... Uh, what a prolific uh, and predatory individual Sanaga is. He's, he's a monster and a mystery. Uh, he's not given us any clue as to his motivation. It's um, uh, the most unusual case that I've had in you know, 30 years of prosecuting. The Deputy Chief Crown Prosecutor added, As far as we can tell, he is the most prolific rapist ever to go through our courts in this country, possibly worldwide. I have never known a case of any type where the victims were completely unaware of what they had been subjected to. 
is beyond fiction and is beyond any writer's imagination. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. After Reynard Sanaga was publicly identified, the Greater Manchester Police continued in their efforts to track down all of the men who were pictured in the recordings. However, there were still 70 that could not be accounted for. The constabulary set up a dedicated incident room. A spokesperson made a public appeal asking anyone who believed they had been attacked by Sanaga to come forward. A photograph would then be cross-referenced against the footage. The data linked to the recording suggested some of the attacks did not match the GPS location of Sanaga's flat, 
which only added another level of complexity to the inquiry. To assist them with breaking the news to the survivors, the constabulary worked with specially trained counsellors from St Mary's Sexual Assault Referral Centre in Manchester. This task was made all the more challenging, as officers and counsellors were unaware of how the men might react, or if they had a history of past abuse. The Assistant Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police recognised how hard it would be for the victims, although did confirm to the media that none of the survivors had any severe medical consequences following the attacks by someone he labelled a depraved individual. Mabs Hussein said, In terms of scale of offenders we've come across, there are the mass murderers such as Harold Shipman and others of that nature, but in terms of sexual predatory behaviour, this is almost off the scale. The emotional abuse these victims have suffered. I cannot begin to imagine what they have had to endure and what they are still living with. This is just not about a sex offender. This is about a sex offender who has preyed on vulnerable young men who have come into Greater Manchester, a safe city to enjoy a night out, and he has committed the most horrendous offences. And Sanaga failed to show any remorse. Evidence in relation to that is some of it is with regards to trust. Praising the survivor's bravery, the assistant chief constable added, I think we need to concentrate less on Reynard Sanaga as an individual and focus more on each individual victim who has either supported the prosecution or provided evidence and information. Subsequent to the conclusion of the trials in January 2020, a spokesperson for the Greater Manchester Police confirmed that the Operation Island investigation was still ongoing and they were confident that more victims would be identified. They reminded the public not to share any information about potential victims on social media as several posts had mentioned their names. Reiterating the GMP's commitment to investigating all of the crimes committed by Sanaka, spokesperson said. Detectives investigating the case of Reynard Sanaga have been working meticulously since his offending came to light in 2017 to gather any information that could identify any potential victims. They have followed every potential lead and will continue to do so in order to ensure that support is offered to those targeted by Sanaga and each report made to police is investigated fully. Reynard Sanaga's crimes were now public knowledge. Questions were being asked about what controls were in place for the drugs that Sanaga had used to incapacitate the victims. The Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs were asked to urgently review whether the controls were adequate and to understand if they needed tightening. The drug it is believed Sanaga used is commonly referred to as GHB, or gamma-hydroxybutyrate. 
available on the dark web and sold in fish-shaped soy sauce containers. The drug is illegal, but is still sold abroad in the form of industrial cleaner. GHB was first used as an anaesthetic, then a sleep aid. The Mirror newspaper reported on the ease in which it could be purchased. £70 for a litre, which would arrive on your doorstep in just one day. This meant what was described as a typical dose cost 10 pence. Services manager at the club drug clinic, the Central and Northwest London NHS Foundation Trust, told reporter Nick Summerlad, People might start off using it recreationally, but you can quickly become physically addicted. You can buy it very easily. It is very difficult and dangerous to dose. You can be completely out of it, but you can come round very quickly. You can be in a hazy state or you can fatally overdose very easily too. It is particularly dangerous with alcohol as it works on the same system. It's amazing that this man was able to administer doses to people who were already drunk and they survived. Currently, GHB is categorised as a Class C drug, although this may potentially change. If found on your person, possession carries a penalty of up to two years in prison, and dealing the drug would come with a punishment of over a decade. Also called liquid ecstasy or G, GHB is taken recreationally, usually by people going clubbing, who participate in the chem sex scene. When consumed in minute amounts, it leaves the user with a heightened sex drive and a feeling of euphoria and loss of inhibitions, along with improved confidence and a feeling of relaxation or drowsiness. It would also affect the user's central nervous system. The drug acts as a sedative. A slightly salty taste is noticeable, however it gives off no odour. It is found in two forms, either a white powder or a translucent liquid when synthesised. As more of the drug is consumed, this would lead to memory loss, disorientation and nausea. In conjunction with the consumption of alcohol, its effects are even more potent. GHB is an addictive substance. An overdose can be life-threatening and withdrawal needs to be medically managed. Death is almost certain if a large amount is ingested. When Reynard Sonaga's crimes were reported, there had been more than 200 deaths associated with the drug. Users who forego the risks take it because it is less costly than alcohol, with fewer after-effects the next day. Rapists use GHB as a weapon to carry out their crimes. GHB came to prominence following the conviction of Stephen Port, who used the drug to sedate men after they came back to his flat in Barking, East London. Like Sanaga, the total number of Port's victims are unknown. However, he is currently serving a whole-life tariff for the murder of four men who he poisoned to death. The crimes of Stephen Port or the Grinder Killer, as he is otherwise known, 
are covered on Season 1, Episodes 15 and 16 of this podcast. Reynard Sanaga was 10 months into his sentence of 30 years when, before the Royal Courts of Justice, Sanaga was described as the most prolific sex offender ever to come before the courts. It was argued that not only was Sanaga's 30-year term unduly lenient, as a referral had been made by the then Attorney General Geoffrey Cox, but the crimes were of such grave seriousness that Sanaga should spend the rest of his life behind bars on a whole life order, or at the very least his sentence should be increased. A whole life order ensures that a recipient would never be released from prison. In an interview after he had presented his case, Solicitor General Michael Ellis QC said, We have never before had a case which has resulted in a whole life sentence which was not one of homicide. This would be a first, but it is right in my view that these cases are considered as wholly exceptional. The Northwest Office of the Crown Prosecution Service had contacted the Attorney General directly, as they had concerns about Sanaga's sentence. The prosecution had been the most extensive undertaken since the service was established in 1986. Geoffrey Cox, who was the Attorney General, stated, Sanaga carried out an egregious number of attacks over a prolonged period of time, causing substantial pain and psychological suffering to his victims. In the watershed endeavour, the case presented contended that not only should Sanaga's term be increased, but also that of Joseph McCann. McCann, in his mid-thirties, was jailed at the end of 2019. The convicted burglar had been wrongly released from prison. Over the period of several weeks, he subjected numerous victims to multiple rapes and sexual assaults in a string of sex attacks across England, in Cheshire, Hertfordshire, London and Greater Manchester. One of his victims was just 11 years old. Also arguing for the Crown at the Court of Appeal, appearing alongside Michael Ellis QC, Sarah Whitehouse QC described the devastating effects of what had happened to the survivors. She said, It is not right to compare the facts of one case with another. It is rarely helpful, and indeed it is odious to seek to compare the harm caused in these two cases with, for example, the murder of a child or the murders of multiple victims but we observe that harm is not limited to physical harm, as increasingly more is known about the psychological effects of sexual offending, particularly the long-term effects. We invite the court to consider the long-term mental suffering inflicted on the victims in these two cases. Such suffering is not as dramatic or obvious as the broken jaw or the knife wound across the face or the broken nose. It is often invisible. 
White House labelled the damage done to the lives of the survivors as a vast ocean of harm. Unlike Joseph McCann, who refused to leave his cell, Reynard Sanaga patiently watched the legal proceedings via video link. It was argued by representatives for both Sanaga and McCann that while these offences were extremely serious, they could not be treated, quote, on equal footing with the very worst cases of murder. Richard Littler QC, appearing on behalf of Sanaga, remarked, The whole life sentence has always been classified as the sentence of last resort. We submit in this case it would not be appropriate on the facts. There's no authority which would justify the imposition of a whole life sentence where the individual facts themselves are not exceptionally serious. But because there are so many complainants, the prolific offending makes the case exceptional. The Crown had argued that Reynard Sanaga belonged behind bars for the rest of his life. The Solicitor General believed that the rapes and sexual attacks by both Sanaga and Joseph McCann were some of the worst and most violent that the country had ever witnessed. The arguments were reviewed by a panel of five senior judges. Lord Chief Justice Lord Burnett described how in the minds of the judges, they agreed that the offences were some of the most serious that England and Wales had ever seen. Neither man has shown any remorse, and the long-term psychological damage for at least some of the victims in both trials is profound and will only be understood in the years to come, he said. Voicing the ruling, the Lord Chief Justice remarked, The offence in the cases of McCann and Sanaga, very serious indeed though it is, does not, in our judgment, call for either to receive a whole life tariff. This is not to minimise the seriousness of their offending, but instead to ensure that the most severe sentence in our jurisdiction is reserved save exceptionally either for the most serious cases involving loss of life or when a substantive plan to murder of similar seriousness is interrupted close to fulfilment. The judges ruled that the minimum sentence Reynard Sanaga and Joseph McCann had to serve before they were considered for parole be increased by 10 years. This was to reflect the serious nature of the crimes. Sanaga and McCann would have to serve at least 40 years before they would be brought before a parole board who could assess whether or not it was safe to release them into the community on licence. The impact people have been 
um, sexually assaulted, you know, is life is lifelong, and people have to learn how to live with it in their lives in in the same way as grief and any other trauma responses. You can't ever be too safe, and it's like sad to think that people don't think about like young men in the same way as they might think about young women. We're clearly disappointed on behalf of victims and the prosecution team. We respect the decision that's been made. We hope the victims will be able to take some comfort that we did as a prosecution team do our best. The same day that Sanaga was told that he would be facing another 10 years in prison on top of his 30-year minimum term, the Greater Manchester Police confirmed that subsequent to their appeal, 150 men reached out. It has been reported that 23 of the men were further victims. The CPS are currently considering whether further charges are to be brought against Reynard Sanaga. So where are we now? Only days following Reynard Sanaga's final trial and the intense press coverage, news circulated rapidly. On the other side of the world, the ramifications were being felt with a flood of comments about how Sanaga should have received the death penalty. Social media users in Indonesia wrote that Sanaga had brought shame upon the country. There is as of yet no evidence that Sanaga committed any crimes before moving to the United Kingdom, but his offences only inflame the tensions towards the LGBT community. In the southern district of Jakarta where Sanaga was raised, news of raids on the homes of gay men in the Indonesian city was slowly being reported. While homosexuality is not illegal in the majority of the country, in the province of Aceh, any homosexual act is harshly punished. Ortoyo, an Indonesian gay activist who sells boutique clothing to finance aid programs for persecuted members of the community, spoke with the BBC. He voiced concerns that Sanaga's crimes could be employed to underpin the argument for the countrywide criminalisation of homosexuality. Otoyo said, It is clear that this is a criminal case that has nothing to do with the perpetrator's sexuality. This is about an evil person, and I hope the local media makes that clear. Around the time of this recording, the Guardian newspaper reported on how two gay men in their late 20s were caned 77 times after vigilantes raided their apartment. They begged for the punishment to stop, as it was observed by a crowd of onlookers. The mayor of Aceh saw the punishments as a preventative measure to, quote, strengthen families' resilience and to protect the children. Founder and chairman of one of Indonesia's leading LGBT organisations spoke of their fear that this punishment might be repeated in other areas of the country. 
They felt that it was essential to draw a distinct line between sexual orientation and sex crimes, as thousands of gay people in Indonesia had already been persecuted. And with the reports of Reynard Sanaga's crimes, things were only going to get worse. The sheer scale of Reynard Sanaga's attacks may never truly be known. The current count reported across several media outlets puts the total number of survivors at 206. It was the largest rape inquiry Britain has ever seen, and work on the case still continues, albeit in a scaled-back capacity. Sanaga insists that he is innocent, He refuses to cooperate with anyone involved in the investigation past and present. He is now reportedly incarcerated in the Category A prison, HMP Wakefield. Sonaga had moved there from HMP Manchester, known as Strangeways, two days before his 37th birthday. Reynard Sanaga will be in his late 70s when he can be assessed by a parole board for release. If you have any important information about the crimes committed by Reynard Sanaga, you can call 101 in the UK or submit details through the Major Incident Public Portal, a link to which is in the show notes. What makes Reynard Sanaga's crimes so uniquely terrifying is the fact that the survivors were unaware they had been raped or sexually assaulted. The victim personal statements clearly highlight the long-term effects of discovering what had happened. There was a sharp rise in calls to charities that offer support to male survivors of rape, and while they were not raped or sexually assaulted by Sanaga, News coverage of his crimes had spurred victims to reach out for support. If you, or anyone you know has been affected by the type of crimes mentioned in this episode and need support, you can visit mind.org for more details. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Simone M., and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.